The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. God bless you for tuning in. Hello, this is Christina Sasso of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International, and you're listening to the prophetic voice of our time. The month is practically gone. It's just zoomed right through us. It is really a season of acceleration. But get ready for this. Since time flies, mark your calendar. Save the date. The date is December 31st for the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints or Prophetic Conference that will be held here in San Antonio, Texas. You can register now by going to our website, SOGMI.org, and click Events. There will be a registration fee of $25 per person to secure your seat, all right? Seating is limited. Don't postpone things. Register now by going to our website, SOGMI.org, and click Events. And by the way, we are also on podcast, and we are on Spotify. Subscribe to this program, and we will inform you when there are new prophecies or new posting. All right? Praise God. As always... I started reviewing the year 2020. God is so right on on the prophecies he had me released starting in 2020. And I am so excited of his plan towards you personally, towards the state of Texas, and toward United States of America. And this is being confirmed from the mouths of many prophets of God. It is really amazing. I always remind you, my dear brothers and sisters, don't get distracted with all the bad news that are going around, but I always pray that God will open your spiritual eyes so that you will see the hand of God, and He is actively on the scene with the angelic host and by using you and I through our words and through our actions. So God is going to be victorious, and victory has been handed to us already. And reviewing what was accomplished for this year is just so amazing, especially personally when I start praying to the Lord to open my eyes and to make me disciplined and focused on the things of God. That you and I need to do, and we're going to celebrate and we'll be celebrating throughout this year and next year. That as long as we continue to pray, as long as we continue to be united, the future of our children and our children's children, the legacy we leave behind, is going to be brighter, and they will thank God for our obedience. 
This is not just about my own desire. It's not just about yours. It is also for the future. Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 6, starting with verse 14. I'm going to read from ISV version. You know that the king of Aram has been raiding Israel, or they've been attacking Israel. And they have this military plan or the war room in their own country. But the prophet Elisha was able to see and hear what they have been plotting. So the prophet always warned the king of Israel, don't go to this place because you will be attacked. And the king of Aram and his military were all frustrated because they can't seem to make a headway. And the king of Aram was told that it was the prophet Elisha. So he decided that he's going to arrest the man, capture him. And the king was just being told, he can listen to you, he can see us. But what else can you do if you don't know God, if you're not walking with God? So in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14, from ISV translation. So the king of Aram sent out horses, chariots, and an elite force, and they arrived during the night and surrounded the city. Meanwhile, the attendant to the man of God got up early in the morning and went outside. And there were the elite forces surrounding the city, accompanied by horses and chariots. So Elisha's attendant cried out to him, Oh no, master, what will we do? Elisha replied, Stop being afraid, because there are more with us than with them. See? Spiritual eyes. Verse 7, look what happened. Then Elisha prayed, asking the Lord, Please make him able to really see. And so when the Lord enabled the young man to see, he looked, and there was the mountain filled with horses and fiery chariots surrounding Elisha. When the army approached him, Elisha spoke to the Lord, asking him, Lord, I'm asking you, Please to afflict this group of people with blindness. So the Lord afflicted them with blindness, just as Elisha had asked. Isn't that amazing? Elisha prayed for his servant, for God to open his eyes so that he can see in the spiritual realm. And lo and behold, he saw the angelic host and the protection around the prophet Elisha. And on the reverse, when it comes to the army of the king of Aram, Elisha prayed to the Lord, afflict them with blindness. And he led them to the headquarters or to Jerusalem that the king of Israel was so excited and he asked Elisha permission to kill them. And Elisha said, no, instead prepare a banquet for them. So the Arameans stopped raiding the Israelites. Isn't that amazing? Look at the prayer of Elisha. And this is the one thing that we need to be very, very mindful of. He prayed for his servant so that he will not fear to see. And he did. 
And then Elisha prayed for the Aramean's army to get blinded, and the Lord answered his prayer. So they stopped the war. They stopped the conflict without killing anyone. Nobody died. Now, that is the perfect will of our God. So it is important for us to understand that we have to be really careful how we pray and what we say when we are angry, when we are offended, or when we are not getting what we want, is to be very careful because God always answers our prayer when it's in accordance to his perfect will. And the prophet Elisha prayed and nobody died. The war was stopped. That is what the Lord wants. It is his heart that no man shall perish. Now, we are facing many challenges in our days presently. As a Christian, our day-to-day, we are facing the COVID-19 and the challenges as a nation. And if you're going to listen to the news, we are facing an obstacle, insurmountable odds that we will not be able to win. That's like your present situation, my dear sister, my dear brother. You look at the situation and you look at it and try to understand it in the natural, that there is no way that you can handle it. But it's all over in the scripture, and we have to know the heart of our God. God is not looking at the odds. He is looking and watching very carefully, faithfully, the words that were released upon your life and his promises through and by his word to perform them. As long as we remain faithful, as long as we trust him and follow those simple instructions, forget about the odds. So our main topic today is what are the odds? The odds are the chances each one have that something will happen. Odds provide a measure of the likelihood of a particular outcome. Odds are calculated as the ratio of the number of events that produce the outcome to the number that don't. When we look upon our lives, if we don't pray to God to put us into remembrance of his promises, we will be reminded of how many times have we failed. It is also going to be difficult to forgive others because how many times have they asked for forgiveness or when they got caught and they kept on doing and hurting you over and over again. So those are the odds. We need to set those aside. And I'm going to give you some example, some of the examples in the scripture. One of it is Mary Magdalene. What are the odds that Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute and demon-possessed woman, or shall I say demons-possessed woman, would become 
one of the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are the odds? So don't look at the odds in your life, even though it's one million to one. All you need is that one. Let us focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Another example, what are the odds for Esther? What are the odds for Esther, who was an orphan and a Jewish in a foreign country? What are her odds for her to be chosen to be the next queen? There were hundreds and possibly thousands of beautiful young ladies like her. See, God is not looking at the odds. He's looking on what he was saying. That he knows the plan that he has for you. Plans not to hurt you or harm you, but to give you hope and a what? A future. Jeremiah 29, 11. So let's go to Esther chapter 2, starting with verse 2. Now I'm reading from New King James Version. Then the king's servants who attended him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushan, the citadel, into the women's quarters under the custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch, custodian of the women. And let beauty preparation be given them. Then the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vasti. Could you imagine the expense and the time involved? The preparation for all of these young, beautiful virgins is 12 months. Six months of detoxification and then six months of perfume and beautification. So all of them. But look at Esther. In Esther chapter 2 verse 8. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard. And when many young women were gathered at Shushan. The citadel under the custody of Haggai. That Esther also was taken to the king's palace. Into the care of Haggai the custodian of the women. Verse 9. Now the young woman, meaning Esther, pleased him, who? Haggai, the custodian of the women. And she obtained his favor, so he readily gave beauty preparations to her, beside her allowance. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place, in the house of the women. What are the odds, right? If God is for you, who can stand against you? Always remember that. All the women, including Esther, had to prepare for 12 months beauty treatments, like what I said. And down to verse 12. Each young woman's turn came to go into King Ahasuerus' after she had completed 12 months preparation, according to the regulation for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned six months with oil of myrrh, 
and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Down to verse 15. Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter, to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Everybody. Why? Because she gained the favor and followed the instruction and advice of Mordecai and Haggai. So down to verse 17. The king loved Esther more than all of the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight, more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants, and he proclaimed a holiday in the province and gave gifts according to the generosity of a king. What are the odds? An orphan and a foreigner. God doesn't care about the odds. He doesn't care about all the problems, all your inabilities or lack thereof. He doesn't care about that. He loves you. And that's all he cares about is for him to be able to give you everything that he has planned for you to become who you are in him. Let me give you another example. I hope you can see this now because I pray that your spiritual eyes be open. What are the odds that as a child or an infant like Moses will be saved from slaughter and then adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter? What are the odds? What are the odds that Moses' own mother ended up not just nursing him, but living with him, raising him up, and got paid for it. What are the odds? And look at your life. Of all the things and where you came from, all the mistakes, all the afflictions, and here you are still standing, and your future is a lot brighter than your past. Exodus chapter 2, starting with verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, meaning Moses' mother, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, doped it with an asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what will be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. What are the odds? So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then Moses' sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go, 
So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take the child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. What are the odds? The steps of the righteous are ordained by the Lord. You might have missed it probably a hundred times, but God will never give up on you as long as you don't give up. You are loved. Just remember that. So Moses' mother ended up saving Moses, nursed him, and got paid for doing it. What are the odds? And she raised Moses. That's why Moses knew who he really was. That he was a Hebrew boy, and he knew and lived with his mother, with his family, and they know him. And he got the best of both worlds. He got saved from slaughter, and then he was adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter, and that's how God arranged things for us, okay? What are the odds? Just like King David, even his own family, after the prophet Samuel already anointed him, and it says the Spirit of the Lord was upon David from those times, his family, including his father, did not even recognize and even acknowledge that he was the anointed king. They sent him back to take care of the sheep. But David did not forget, and God surely did not forget, and he became king. Same thing with you. As long as you don't forget your personal prophecy or the promises of God by his word, the plan of God for your life, as long as you don't forget it, as long as you stand on those promises, God will never forget. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. You know, prophecies released are released in order for them to create something, to call those things as though they were. If we just follow the simple instruction and trust God on this, things will start manifesting. God works, speaking for myself, many times that we didn't understand. I'd rather that God will answer or manifest his promises to me according to my own understanding. But it never happened that way. It is always amazing. It's always mind-boggling. And while we're believing God, while we continue to move forward, we learn wisdom from our experience, even from our suffering. We learn obedience from them. And I learn to trust God more and more. And I know you do too. So I just wanted to encourage you, don't look at the odds, okay? Don't look at the odds. Just remember who you are. People might not recognize you. People might have written you off. It doesn't matter. God will never do that to you. So don't look at the odds. 
but focus on Him. And you will see a lot of things that are happening in your life. And things will be explained to you, things that you don't understand. Stop asking God why, but ask God, what are your instructions? Ask the Holy Spirit, how can you please our Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? Okay, I'm running out of time. Don't forget, you need to register. You need to join us on the December 31st Prophetic Gathering of the Saints. And join us also in our live streaming. We continue to live stream our services. It's at 1030 in the morning on Sunday. And in the evening, it's at 7 p.m. as well as on Wednesday. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org.